Hello and welcome to the Messy and Glorious podcast. Grab a cuppa and listen in on our conversation. I'm Sam Osbiston, bravery coach and writer and your host. Today I'm with Tanya Slater. A home educating mum, Tanya has spent the last decade decluttering her home and her entire life. She attributes this experience to how she overcame her crippling mental health and improved her human experience exponentially. This thus becoming the girl who simplified. Hello, Tanya. I'm so glad to uh, have you here with us and um, and have you, even though we're not in the same space right now, it's really <laughs> nice <laughs> to uh, to uh, welcome you and open up a conversation. So uh, for the people who may not know you and who listen to the podcast, just uh, share a little bit about you um, and what you're up to right now. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Um, yep. So as you mentioned there, my my business is called the the Girl Who Simplified. So I've basically spent the last ten years um, decluttering my home and then my life, and just removing everything that was excess um, that wasn't serving me, and so that I could really focus on what was most important. And there's very little left, but what is there is really important to me. Um, and through going through this process. Uh, yeah, I had um, a crippling mental health uh, period um, where I actually thought that I, my kids would be better off without me. I had a little baby and a toddler. Um, and that was just not, I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. And I just started doing something so simple, like clearing out the excess stuff in my home. And I just noticed that it was really improving um, how I felt and I was gaining confidence and stuff so long story short I carried on I've done that I've now condensed that 10 years and the 30 years prior of all the lessons and and pains and traumas into um, a seven-week online course called the Home Clearing Club Mm -hmm. Um, and I that kind of came out of lockdown because I wasn't able to do face-to-face and one-to-one coaching where I was kind of visiting people's homes and helping them with their their struggle rooms Um, and yeah I kind of bought it about tongue in cheek wondering if anyone would like to do it and it has literally this year exploded which is really exciting um so yeah that's what I'm doing at the moment and just doing it virtually for my first sign up from somebody international so we have a lady in Italy joining Yay. us on the 28th of October so we can officially say that the girl you simplified is you um, are girl simplified going global yeah, yeah definitely it's such and, a good um, feeling that isn't it oh, yeah really when you really really lovely and um my kids actually that you mentioned there I do home home educate them we've done that for two years so it's kind of juggling them I kind of get up at half five in the morning and secretly do my my work while they're still sleeping um and waking up and then we do our home ed stuff and I fit things like this in between them and everything but um my eldest said oh so does that mean you've got to learn Italian by the 28th (laughs) (laughs) thankfully she's actually English living in Italy oh (laughs) yeah it sparked a whole conversation about translating the course in different languages which is lush so it's lovely to show them that as well they're kind of seven and nine yeah. and sort of witnessing what's happening so yeah that's it. that is lovely and I was going to delve into home school in life and I, maybe that's where we'll go now um that um that how uh how your everyday happens when you're homeschooling and you know those beautiful moments that you just mentioned about how we spark conversations and um, how do you how do you manage that on a daily basis and you know to, to try and ensure that um you know you you stay sparked as well uh, while you're trying to you know create two little wonderful sparks 
Yeah. Um, well, your listeners can't see it, but you can see the colour of my hair, can't you? <laughs> Mine <laughs> too. Grey all over. <laughs> no. Um, it's uh, it, we've we've come out. So it's October half term now, and it was two years this half term that I took them out. Um, and I have to say, it's probably been yeah up there with the most challenging experiences of my life um probably because there's just so much emotion wrapped up Mm -hmm. into it there's a lot of judgment from external sources and and other people that you know well-meaning people but it really doesn't Mm -hmm. help you got all of that um and it really has taken me i'd say a good 18 months to settle into the fact of do you know what i've made this decision I know why I've made this decision and I, I, I have to believe and keep moving forward that this is right. And um, yeah, like so many people's stories, it was the same with my business, but also with home ed just around January, February time, I, my whole central nervous system had just calmed down when it came to what we were doing and our journey. And I was like, we've made new friends. We're in communities. We're doing regular classes and groups and meetups. I feel good. I think I've got this home ed thing. (laughs) <laughs> bang lockdown are you kidding yeah. me like yeah. and and then so yeah the, so we were right back with me and the boys in the house thankfully we got that glorious weather which you know made the experience a lot easier I think for, for many yeah, of us certainly for me and the boys um because they just need to be out 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 all the time I think home ed is a very misleading um term because very little really happens certainly for us um at home it's all about going out and exploring um but I think one of the biggest battles that I had was that um I'm not a teacher and um my academic side isn't really you know up there I have language skills and I've got good grades at school um but when it comes to actually teaching that that's obviously not my forte but my biggest reasons for bringing them out were that I could see my eldest mental health deteriorating Mm -hmm. even by year two um they were you know little things like getting changed for PE and stuff my my youngest who was like four or five started hiding behind the sofa to get changed in his pajamas at home because he didn't want you know and I I just could see it so early on in their journey I thought I'm not having this I'm really not having this and I think I was bullied at school as well and that's a massive part of my journey and and affected into my adult life massively and there's just something this maternal thing inside me going no I can I can do better (laughs) no I don't have the knowledge but we now have the internet we have books you know knowledge can be gained at any age and I now don't Mm -hmm. feel a pressure that they must have all the knowledge of everything a lot of stuff they're not even interested in by the time they're like 18 or whatever but skills communication skills managing your emotions like my the curriculum that I've written is actually it makes me smile because I follow Simon Sinek on um, LinkedIn and every Mm -hmm. day that he does his two minute videos I'm sat there going that's what I'm teaching them that's what I'm teaching them. And he's talking about how we have a generation of um, of people coming through into business now who will not be able to lead because they don't have these skills. They're scared to communicate because like face-to-face and have awkward conversations because everything's online and digital and it's messengers and all the rest of it. And I do, I kind of sit there, so he, bless him, is like, he's almost like my little champion on my shoulder. I'm going, I am doing the right thing. I and mean, you have to have this conversation with yourself daily yeah. and that's tiring. Um yeah so sort of keeping that and then keeping the faith with your business as well so I've been a a single parent to these boys for a long time so that's kind of you know it is just me juggling everything um but it's just lockdown I am grateful for the fact that it gave us an opportunity to really 
settle into our our rhythms I believe that you know one of the things when you're in like a nine to five job or in the school um nine till three and everything your body you know when you eat your body takes up all its energy and it needs to rest afterwards it doesn't need to be doing something else um you might not want to eat at six seven in the morning before you rush out the door it might not be till nine ten so we've really taken that opportunity over the summer to just see what our rhythms are. And we're three very different people, seven, nine, and 39, um, with different kind of needs for the day and stuff. And it's just lovely that we don't have to rush out the door. We can sit at the, uh, the breakfast table for a couple of hours and yabber away and make plans for the day or not, you know? Um, so yeah, we've kind of done that. So having done that, what I've learned is that I am best doing my business activity, especially the admin, the social media, all of those sorts of things at the early wee hours, mm-hmm. which I never, ever was a morning person. I was one of those that I'm all about stories that we tell each other. I told myself the story. No. I will not yes. be doing miracle mornings. I will not be getting up at harvest five. I am not a morning person. Um, but now I've settled into, I'm like, do you know what? That's the best time of day because actually I'm too tired in the evening and I want a bit of time to myself. Um, so yes, it's a juggling act, um, but it's, yeah, it's empowering and it's lovely. And because it's taking off, that's kind of building my confidence. And mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's hard work, but I think it's going to be worth it. <laughs> it Yeah. Oh my God. So with I wish I'd, because my most of my kids are, you know, a lot older now. So they're they're in their twenties or sort of late teens. For my very little one, who's is ten, but he um he kind of enjoys school and it seems okay. I wish I'd known like more about homeschooling um when my eldest boy was in school in particular because he's struggled all throughout um school. Um and I think when I first was experiencing that, I wasn't in world I'm in now so didn't really realize like you know um that it was even a thing and I think a lot of people don't even realize like it's an actual thing that you can do and it can look like any way you want it to like you say it doesn't have to be stuck in the house there's loads of homeschooling groups isn't there and the you know the people you can join up with and be supported by and yeah we've got an amazing uh world out here in the UK where we can go and explore and I do think that you mentioned lockdown. And I think that that's been quite an eye opener for a lot of people to bring into their self-awareness, you know, what, what the realities and possibilities are of an alternative yeah. way of living. Um, and, you know, I think that what you do in particular is a great uh, tool for, for bringing that awareness into people's lives. Um, and, you know, and getting people to understand their space and their environment and, you know, how how vital home is, but how, like, our home is wider than that. And so we kind of clear the clutter, don't we, in order to be able to see the rest of what's possible. Um, so <clears throat> what I was going to ask you is, um, you know, like, when you first kind of, before before you came into this world of simplifying what kind of feelings and darkness was suppressing you from being yourself how did that feel and you know you know share however you you want to share and it'd be really good for people listening to perhaps understand how that felt in order to understand the possibilities for them and to have some hope 
Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I really, yeah. And this, I don't mind sharing my story because this is exactly the reason and I hope it does possibly inspire a few others that there's hope. Um, so just, I'll kind of do it as quickly as I can. Oh, no. So, <laughs> no uh, um, I was, uh, yeah, at school uh, when I was younger, I was bullied for the shape of my nose. And I, I think that started around the age of seven. So I remember vaguely some memories before seven of just being this happy-go-lucky confident little girl that had loving parents all I knew was kindness and love and the teachers were really lovely and I enjoyed school um and then that kind of started and that also so that was what got triggered in me when I saw my son you know getting changed behind the sofa mm. it was just like whoa <laughs> um but I kind of yeah, I just went through school quite quietly, not really sharing too much of that, but with anyone else, um, like not sharing it with parents and stuff. So I just lived it and I would get chants in the dinner queue about being a witch and they'd make songs up about me and stuff. And so I became to believe, came to the point that um, I was not likable. And I wasn't lovable uh, because of how my face looked and how my nose looked. And I remember, God, even before I was 10, going to the newspaper shop with my money, my pound for my sweets, and actually looking um, in the magazines at the backs to see how much it would cost me to get my nose done. Um, wow. Because I thought maybe I'd be lovable then, I'd be likable. And, um, and that was an obsession of mine all the way through life. And then I went to um, secondary school. And uh, yeah, I was um, I was groomed for five years by a, a man in a um, position of responsibility um, and then sexually abused for a year or two by the age of 14. Um, and I believe and I know because of the way I had no self-worth and I didn't think mm -hmm. I was pretty like the other girls and all the rest of it. So I was prime prey. You know, and I know of another girl that was targeted as well. And she was the same as me. You know, we weren't the ones that were all blase and loud in the vehicle that we were in. Um, we were actually the quiet ones. And so that kind of went on. And um, and I then went on with a life of um, drinking. I was introduced to wine when I was with him for various reasons. Um, so I started drinking at 14 um, and that just carried on. And it turned into a good 20 years of me kind of telling people, oh, I love traveling, but actually I was just running away. I was running away from, I don't know what, but a place that I wasn't very happy and searching, hoping I'd find something. And all I did was got drunk and got myself in more and more bad situations. And mm -hmm. I only know now because I've spent, you know, the last decade in the world of personal development as a, a phrase, and I never remember who said it, but it sticks with me all the time. What you think about, you bring about. And I identified as a victim. I was a victim of child sexual abuse and grooming. And that was in my head. And so I saw myself as damaged goods. I didn't trust anyone that this was going to be my life story. You know, like I told myself all of this. So that was all I attracted was more of the same. Like it was mm -hmm. awful. Um, and then I found out at a certain point that a friend of mine's uh, daughter was had been targeted as well when I was quite a bit older and I'd never been to the police I'd never considered doing that or anything and um it was at that point I was like I need to do this I really need to do this and it wasn't for me it was for her and for any others 
Um, and so it was a hideous year going through CID investigations and talking to big burly CID officers coming around my house. No women, you know, it's just the most hideous experience. Um, lost, I, I literally, I couldn't work. I stayed with a friend of mine who put me up, bless him. And I couldn't leave the house without holding his hand. I was a grown adult, like in my late twenties. Um, and so I just kind of sharing this to really show how difficult it was and where I'd gone. This was so all consuming. This was all my life was about. And eventually I got a letter about a year after I started, uh, I reported it. And um, it was from the Prime Prosecution Service saying, sorry, it's your word against his and it's too long ago. It was like 14 years previous. And I was just like, I don't really get this. And this is a massive problem with the system, um, which is something I'm, I'm working towards actually helping change, which is really exciting now. Um, and so I, I literally bought a car for 300 quid, packed up my belongings and I got on a ferry and drove to Ireland because I couldn't face being around the town where I was and where he was and everything. And again, I just went on running, running and running and running different places. Um, and finally, I, I found myself way back where in frame where I live now where I'd born big circle been to Australia had my eldest son over there and everything and um there was just yeah I, I found myself on my own um the boy's father left when I had um him uh, my eldest and a baby um he was nine months old and we decided that it was it was best for everyone if we parted and at that point I was just like you know you have this vision I think most most people do when they have children you you have a vision of having a family and it being yeah. shared and yeah. you know it's not I didn't necessarily have that oh I need to be married and have a house and all that kind of thing but certainly with having kids it was something that I and I'm sure most people plan to do with a partner except for odd exceptions and um and so I think that was the final straw for me when I really did start to have those suicidal thoughts. I was like, I can't, I can't sort my own life out. I can't get have a partner that I trust. I can't do a relationship and I can't even keep, you know, give my kids a family. Like I was so down on myself and I could see no future. Um, and so, yeah, it was pretty dark and crap. <laughs> um, but that was my enough is enough moment. And yeah. I think that, um, the people that I'm around now and I've surrounded myself around by are just the most incredible women, um, generally women that I've ended up surrounding myself around, which is really ironic because I never used to have any female friends at school. <laughs> um, but most of them are doing incredible things because they've reached that point in one way or another, like enough is enough. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. And I okay. just think I looked at my kids one day and went, no, I can do better than this for you. And that's where it kind of all started, really. So your, your, your kids are that, that why, that, that bit that got you up off the floor Absolutely. to, to, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I get that. I think, um, I resonate with that. I think kind of had a moment myself when I, you know, was, um, in a, in a dark time myself and it was the kids who were like, you know, shouting from the top of the stairs, you know, telling, telling their dad to stop and, um, that moment for me was the critical point in which I was like I can't do this anymore this is not okay yeah. and yeah yeah and so it, it's crazy how we almost get to complete rock bottom or rock bottom itself that we know of um and and having that courage to decide and commit to ourselves to live isn't it it's like you should yeah you should be incredibly proud of of taking that decision um, and and you know turning that around. How did you um, 
find like fall into the decluttering thing then well how how did that from that being on the floor to to realizing like things would you know if we did things a certain way would it felt different yeah so um at that point uh where the boy's dad left I was on medication for um depression and um a few other things and I'd also just recently started some weekly counseling sessions which I really didn't find I've done so many therapies this is why I love the whole clearing thing because I I have spent a lot of money on therapy I've been around them all and at that time very little helped but the clearing was just phenomenal um and I remember a conversation with uh my counsellor at the time and she just said um it sounds like even in the lead up to him leaving you've kind of been clearing out old energy I think I'd made a comment to her about the fact that I actually sat in my home the night before and thought I quite like this and that like any time at that time, any tiny little hint of positivity I was making a note of. And she told mm-hmm. me to because I needed to kind of build on those things. Yeah. So literally just to sit down in an evening when the kids are gone to bed and not sit there crying and actually go quite like my home. Um, that was massive at the time. So we had this conversation about the fact that I had got rid of, you know, he'd taken his stuff, but then there was things that were from both of our travels together and things. And I just was making this space and creating a space that I felt safe in. Um, and I, at that time also, I was, I'd become a complete recluse. Um, I didn't have the confidence to kind of go out anywhere. The only things I did was, you know, the shopping. And even that I would spend two or three days making up stories in my head of things that I had done and places I'd been in case I bumped into anyone I knew so that they didn't suss out that I was hiding and that I was in such a state. It was just mental. Um, But I got onto this clearing and I thought, she's right, I have moved and that feels really good. So because I was hiding behind closed doors and I had, you know, I wasn't running, I was running a massage business then, so I was busy, but I still had time in the daytime. I just thought, right, let's do this let's clear out all the old stuff I think that the words that she used about clearing out old energy really stuck with me and they've resonated throughout the whole journey and they do they're a very big part of the course now and how I explain to people about the you know why it's so empowering and it, it does impact our lives so much when we get rid of the physical because of the energy that our objects hold and what I was learning was that you know you look at an object in there is money that you've spent maybe you feel bad for spending that money um maybe somebody's given it to you and you just held on to it but you don't really like it um <laughs> you know all of these things decisions made old partners people loved and lost every single item has some energy in it and it's all sat there around your home so you know I was doing things like just clearing out old underwear you know that might have been with past partners or something like that it's like right that's gone cool okay so I've made space and and space for all of us just kind of it gives you a sense of calm to see that you've got space and you're not you know full to the rafters and so I did that for a few years and I found myself being able to go outside. I found myself starting another business. Um, I was just like gradually months on months, it built my confidence, built my clarity in what I wanted to do and what I wanted to do for my kids was building. And I think they kind of come hand in hand. Once you gain a bit of clarity on your purpose and what you want to really be doing and what's most important, 
then you have the confidence to move forward in that direction. Whereas I think sometimes, certainly through my other businesses, you're just scrabbling at like, oh, I do that thing, that thing, shiny thing, da, 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 you know, yeah. I bit like my eyes. And um, so after a while, I thought, wow, if just clearing out my physical possessions can have such an impact on my mental health and my well-being and my life in general, I wonder where else I could take this. Um, so I'd looked into minimalism and found a few different people to follow, the minimalists and things like that. Um, I'd looked into energy clearing and I came across the coaching tool, the Wheel of Life. Yes. And so it's a, you know, a circle split up into eight sections, like a pie. And each section is like a main heading. They vary and you can put your own, but generally they're like health, finance, relationships, career, family, mm-hmm. those sorts of headings. And so I then spent the next few years going very meticulously through every single um, section. So like finances, I looked at my bank account, not something I would normally do. I'm a bit of a bury your head in the sand kind of girl when it comes to that. I couldn't believe the amount of things I was paying for that I wasn't using, you know, something that simple. And Mm. it was just doing everything with intention. And I think the biggest, most impactful section I came to was um, relationships relationships slash friends and family and I I was confident now and it was like I explained this in the course I I see the the home and the physical stuff as almost like a training ground it's like going to the gym and and building your bicep muscles you start on one kilogram weights then two kilogram weights and it's like the home and the physical stuff is like the lighter weights and then when you feel strong enough and you've practiced enough then you can start hitting the other things and the friends and the people in your life I believe are like probably the most challenging and you need to have mm. had practice before we do this um and you know there's a right way and a wrong way to do it the wrong way is um announcing on facebook that you're going to cull a load of people and if you make the cut well done love <laughs> we'll do that yeah um, that's not that's not a good way <laughs> no um so i just quietly stepped back i didn't tell anyone i was doing it mm-hmm. i just quietly stepped back using the same theory that i had done in my house and in my bedroom and my kitchen what's not serving me What's excess to my, you know, life? What's not in line with where I'm moving forward? Bearing in mind now I had gained all this clarity and confidence. So I really was like, and it it sounds a little bit, I can't think of the word, like not clinical. What's the word? Harsh, I suppose. It's not, but it's not like, oh, what does this person give me? If I don't get anything from them, then I don't want to be that. But in some respects, relationships are a two-way street, you know, and it's not that I want to take from people, but I generally like to think that, Anybody I spend time with, I want them to feel just a tiny bit better when they leave than when they joined me, yeah. even if it's just a coffee. And that's kind of my, that's the bar that I've set for spending time with people too. Um, and so that's kind of how I, I went through it. And I think the hardest thing about it was that I found myself back in solitude because all the people that I had collected and, you know, added on Facebook over the years, they were all from that life that yeah. life of running away, that life of identifying as a victim. They were all there. And they say that misery likes company. That is so true. They were all people that wanted to moan and shout about their problems and all the rest of it. And I didn't realise that before. And so I had to be really comfortable when I was at that point with going back into solitude to spend a bit of time to go, well, 
who do I want in my life? Who, what would enhance it? You know, and I started because of personal development, um, you know, looking at people that had done what I might like to do and looking towards them because they were inspiring and, and going and finding people that talked about dreams rather than other people. And, mm-hmm. you know, all of those sorts of very cliche things, but they're, they're so true. Oh, no, completely. I think you have to demonstrate to yourself that, you, you know, you clearly value who's in your life and whether they bring you a certain amount of joy in in a reciprocal way but just you know it's got to be a balance of of everyone has a you know a um yeah it's funny isn't it how you when you careful how you choose your words everyone has a purpose (laughs) everyone has a purpose in your life like not not like a, a a purpose where you're taking advantage but a purpose of like of giving and receiving in a mutually yeah. beneficial way that, that that enlightens both of you not just yeah, yeah not just one of you do you know what there's um I have these little landmarks and these little things and I tell this story quite often because I still sit there going my god did I actually say this but um there was a moment that I was out at a, it was a kid's kind of party thing and I sat chatting to this lady and she was lovely and we had a little chat over coffee and everything and at the end she was like oh we should hook up again and we should connect on Facebook and throughout the whole thing I was polite and I was like this is lovely this is in this moment I just thought our energy really doesn't match your your path and where you're going is not where mine is you know and it was not like there was nothing wrong with her at all I was just one of the other things that I've been able to do getting rid of all this excess is really tune in to my intuition and I so I don't make decisions with my head anymore I make them with my heart and my gut which has saved me a lot of energy and it's a lot less tiring living your life like that sometimes I just go to my intuition really are you sure (laughs) but I just go with it anyway um, because I've learned big lessons about going against it and not listening to it and I just turned around to her and said you know what it's really lovely I've had a lovely couple of hours with you but our energies just don't match so I genuinely don't want to spend any more time with you and I turned around and I just thought Tanya oh my god did you really say that but after the moment of shock and thinking that I was being rude I thought you know what I've just saved us both yeah I wasn't rude I have a lot of people that go oh Tanya can you write me a message to so-and-so because you've just got a really polite way of telling people to go away (laughs) (laughs) oh no do you know what I think I think and especially uh, British people who you know got that whole um pride in their shoulder and 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 you know etiquette becomes comes before most things that you know it doesn't do anybody any harm in the long run for you to be honest and say you do know what maybe 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 this was a really lovely moment and I really enjoyed it but yeah like you say let's not do that again (laughs) you know because yeah Yeah. you've got to know what it's about it's uh and I've realized this as well and this is one of the uh, I would say one of the top reasons why people come on my course is because it teaches you to set boundaries yeah yeah that's a massive boundary that's a boundary over my my time my energy like time it's so bonkers we never know none of us know how much we've got it's the most wanted um commodity in the world um we all say that we want more time with you know our loved ones and our family and our kids and everything and yet so many of us give it away so freely to people yeah. that don't serve us that don't mean much to us and it's just about like priorities and when i say about that training ground how the process kind of gets to is that once you've created say like my bedroom I created a sanctuary and my bedroom like many other women 
it's always the dumping ground. It's always the last to be decorated, if ever. Like everybody else gets their stuff and it's just this room that gets forgotten and rest and sleep are so important to our health. Mm-hmm. So I finally, and we're only talking recently, like the last couple of years, managed to create that sanctuary in my room. And so for example, a bedroom, when you've created that, by hello high water, there is no crap coming back in here. Like this is my space. And so you learn to kind of uphold that boundary, set it and uphold it. And it's amazing when you've practiced doing that a little while, like when my kids bring their toys in for a cuddle, I'm like, yep, now you can take them back out again. Thank you very much. And you just do it like gently in your home, but you practice finding your voice in your home. And then it just seems to have this knock on effect and you find your voice outside in the world as well. Mm. So yeah, boundaries is massive. It is a major, a major thing that, that changes your life. Yeah, completely. I've got a wonderful friend actually called Den, uh, Jen Deshen, who's written a book called La Chic Cocoon. And that is about creating your cocoon space. Oh, it's an amazing book. Uh, so, yeah, you, um, she's that. a wonderful, wonderful woman, quite a spiritual woman. Um, I've had the privilege to know and interview in the past as well. So she's she's wonderful. But yeah, she talks about that a lot. And I do think like the space and environment you're in and you create for yourself has a massive effect on how you then create in the world um, and how you're inspired to move forward. Um, Yeah, you've got to nourish yourself first, haven't you? Yeah, Yeah, definitely. And everyone else in in the home and and all the rest of it, I do think that, you know, your home should be somewhere where everybody who lives there feels accepted and like they belong because we're mm. all trying to be seen and heard out in the world and there's all media telling us we should be one way or another and to be able to just step in that door from children you know dads, as young as toddlers right up to grandparents that might be staying everyone should feel like they can just <sighs> yeah. yeah you know and be accepted for who they are and I think when you can have moments like that long moments in your home and rest well knowing that you're accepted and you belong that then breeds the creativity you can find that but when you're stressing about lots of different things and you don't feel like you've got a space that you belong that it takes away it steals your creativity and your confidence Mm. and stuff because you're focusing on on other stuff and yeah yeah no definitely um so if someone was going to get started in making space in their life what maybe is one thing that they can do that you would suggest maybe yeah. they could try ah oh, just find a drawer find a drawer <laughs> yeah the guff drawer everyone's got a guff drawer yeah oh gosh. One that gets <laughs> left till last like yeah the guff drawer or a cupboard of doom um I always say to people just start with what I call the low-hanging fruit start with things that um don't necessarily have sentimental value they're not it's not worth wrestling with things and remembering that each time you clear something out you're you're kind of you're exercising your decision muscle and and the boundaries is like does it stay Mm -hmm. does it go um one way that I started um I just put a box by the front door and I challenged myself to just put one thing in there every day to leave the home and it was just that thing and then when I took that when that box was full and I put it in the car to go to the charity shop or the skip I just felt yeah and every time a box left I felt like I was moving forward mm. um, I can't really explain the science and the psychology behind it which oh, is something it, that I want to learn but it just you, works 
you're <laughs> offloading like you say those items carry energy don't they so you know that that you're offloading the baggage that you've been holding on to um by yeah. releasing those things those items Absolutely. for sure yeah I would definitely say a bit of a, a kind of is it a warning or a bit of advice um that I've learned going throughout so one thing you need to do you might be there and you might feel like you do you know what I need to clear out and I need to make some space but all the other people in the house probably slash possibly aren't there yet so you really need to just see this that um see that whole if it's meant to be it's up to me you be the change you start sort out your stuff um by all means have gentle conversations but I would advise that those conversations happen not necessarily in the house like when you're on a walk or in the car or something not when you're actually doing it because it's always turn into argue (laughs) it's good to have that neutral area isn't it where you have a conversation like that so that you're not in the space where it needs to happen and also I think like like say I think once people see what a positive effect doing that has on you they'll think oh I might want some of that and Uh, I think yeah yeah so I think that yeah it's a really positive and um good advice to to sort of say like focus on yourself don't worry about anyone too much isn't it and just see what happens like the knock-on effect can be miraculous um the ripple effect is amazing I'm getting I get regularly um whatsapp messages with pictures from previous students um basically like going oh my daughter's just done this and she wanted me to send it to you to show you and they've like completely cleared out their wardrobes and their drawers and everything and then some people who like the kids have been on zooms with over lockdown especially with like cousins and things and they're going oh now their cousins are starting to clear out it's just this kind of yeah ripple effect but I think I used to really underestimate um the effect that your words or your actions can have on other people and there's so there's those people that you get to hear about it the feedback but then there's a whole other set of people that you just don't know yeah completely you never know who you're influencing or inspiring to do anything and that's why it's so important to do your work isn't it because you're never gonna know and who inspires you then who what's your inspiration every day um oh that's a good question ah so many people really um I think there's not yeah it's really hard you know one of the the reason why this is hard is because (laughs) I've become so protective over my time and where I spend it that I now consume very little content of other people's mm-hmm. um but there's like a couple of people that I'd say there's probably three people that make it into my ether and it's because I resonate with them because they're doing the do and their messages are very similar so um Mel Robbins I absolutely love following um and she's just on the nail and very real um she actually was the keynote speaker at um a conference that I was at and I've got her on one of my vision boards coming out onto the stage in front of 20,000 people and I that's one of my goals is to to be the keynote speaker at that conference um so she yeah on the speaking side of things inspires me um and also very recently Jay Shetty and I just started listening to um think like a monk live like a genius yeah and I'm just like this guy is basically talking about my life and my course. Wow. He talks loads about clearing out. And I love it because it's kind of, there's been moments since lockdown. And even when I've had people in the course that I've had these crises of confidence and I'm just like, 
why would anyone do this? Why would anyone listen to me? I don't know, what do I know about? And then I listen to things like that. I'm like, he knows. That's what they do yeah. too. <laughs> I listened to him for a while on his other podcast. He's, um, yeah, he's been quite inspiring. He's had some really cool people, like, you know, regular people like um, Ben Cotton and stuff like on his podcast before where they just have a really like, you know, uh, down to earth conversation which I love podcasts like that where it's really yeah. just down to earth but like really wise and full, full of good stuff yeah absolutely yeah so my final question which I ask everybody <laughs> <laughs> is if you could shine a light on any area of darkness in the world what would it be and why oh wow I think it would be yeah women who don't think enough of themselves Mm -hmm. that's for whatever reason that lack confidence in just being themselves I speak to so many people and I suppose not just women it's just because I, I tend to I've ended up surrounding myself by women but anybody who believes external you know stories things that other people mm. have told them and let that get in their way and I think that's such a driving force of mine is to drive this confidence to just be oneself put the blinkers on and walk your path um because when you stop that comparing game it's really it's really empowering and it's beautiful and it's freeing and there are I think from my own journey I know that I had so many incredible ideas over the last 20 years that I probably could have had lots of successful businesses and created lots of fantastic products but it never got past the idea stage at night time I had the 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 thoughts and the confidence to do it because I couldn't actually do anything about it because everyone was sleeping and when it when I got up in the morning and there was a possibility that I could maybe ring someone or put something into action, then the confidence had gone. And I think that's another, you know, it's another driving force behind what I do because people find their confidence to just do them. Um, and I just think there's just so much greatness to be seen in the world. So many incredible people to lead and, you know, thought leaders and product inventors that and they'll never happen because those people haven't got the confidence to just yeah. be themselves yeah yeah I'm with you there all the way (laughs) yeah there's yeah completely it's got to whatever you do in the world you know whether it is decluttering or you know uh I have a friend Becky who I've interviewed who does styling and then helps people with their wardrobes in a completely different way and you know whatever you do in the world in that way is it's got to be good if it's giving people confidence to do and be themselves yeah it's got to be absolutely yeah well thank you so much Tanya it's been great speaking with you and um and sharing your journey uh, with the listeners and um if you uh would like to find Tanya you'll see all her information in the show notes um uh, so you can go and have a nosy uh, website and a course and uh, and anything else you see um but uh, thank you so much and uh, yeah it's been really inspiring talking with you and I can't wait to share uh the interview with everyone thank you thank you Sam it's been a pleasure Uh, thank you bye-bye